Hi, everyone. My name is Cheryl McCarthy, and I'm here today on behalf of the Communication and History Committee to speak with Steve Derzik. We're going to give you an opportunity to learn a little bit about him as a person, as well as his experience within SQA. So to kind of start off our conversation, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, good morning, Cheryl. Thanks for having me uh, on this. So as uh, Cheryl mentioned, my name is Steve Derzik. I am a, uh, a part of the quality assurance group at uh, one of the Charles River sites uh, located in Matawan, Michigan. Been in the industry for, oh gosh, uh, 21 plus years now. I uh, started off in histology and then worked my way up uh, through quality assurance, various roles, responsibilities, so on and so forth. Uh, it, been involved uh, in not only quality assurance, but uh, chapter uh, quality assurance, Midwest SQA and SQA uh, since about 2003, 2004, somewhere around in there. It's so long ago, sometimes the, the time just melts together and, and uh, you forget uh, exactly when, uh, when you started. Uh, right now, my, my current role within uh, Charles River is that of a, uh, an external uh, GLP client host. So my main responsibility is is hosting uh, the uh, auditors that that come in uh, to perform the inspections. Now I, I still dabble in training. I still dabble in auditing, but the bulk of my time is spent with uh, those those client uh, audit hosting responsibilities. I've been doing that since about two thousand eight, and that's me in a nutshell. That's great. Do you remember how you actually got involved in SQA way back when? Well, uh, my first memory is, uh, I, I believe, uh, not ne not necessarily SQA, but but Midwest SQA. Uh, so when when I was was hired into quality assurance, it, it was the company was known as MPI Research, and I believe MPI Research was hosting one of the Midwest. Uh, SQA meetings. Uh, so I remember going downtown to the Radisson, which was 10 minutes away from my house at, at the time. So I think that was 2003 or 2004 uh, when, when that happened. And then I got introduced to many of the main players within Midwest SQA, Lee Goff, uh, Bonnie Weiss, uh, so on and so forth and attended a couple of more Midwest meetings. And then they convinced me, Lee and and Bonnie actually convinced me to start going for leadership positions within Midwest SQA and start being more involved in SQA. So with the, um, I don't wanna say permission because it really wasn't permission, I just expressed interest. And then uh, my supervisor, Matt Foster, uh, at the time said, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. Uh, we want as many people as, as we can get involved in the chapters, involved in in uh, national in, in SQA. And this is back when SQA and the chapters had a loose affiliation uh, b before SQA brought all of the chapters underneath the SQA umbrella. So I, I just, uh, I remember, uh, have fond memories of working with the Midwest SQA folks, uh, working with the SQA folks, meeting Jen Aloisi for the first time after uh, hearing her voice on, on the conference calls and things like that uh, back when Elliot was uh, was still uh, involved in, in SQA. So really, I, I guess to, to bring it full circle and, and answer your question, I first became involved in SQA in 2005. And that's when I sat for my RQAP in, in April of 2005, past that. Uh, and then my first meeting that I went to, uh, SQA meeting, was the 2006 annual meeting in Phoenix, uh, Arizona, which 
is kind of cool for me because I used to live out there. I, I, for about a year, I, I lived in, in Tempe when I went to Arizona State University uh, in the, uh, the mid-90s. Yes, I'm, I'm that old. And uh, so it was really cool to go back a, a, a few years later and, and see uh, some of my, uh, my old haunts, my old stomping grounds. That's a great story. A lot of people don't always remember how they got involved with QA or SQA. So thank you for sharing that. And kind of on that same note, in addition to the local leadership in the chapter that you've been involved with, um, what other kind of committees or experience have you had throughout the membership, specialty sections, other you know, opportunities to you know, share some of your knowledge and, and wisdom with the group? Yeah, that's a great question. And the answer to that question, uh, I, I'm afraid it's going to be several different parts, uh, but, uh, but here we go, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I mentioned being involved in Midwest SQA in the chapters. I actually uh, attended that, uh, a couple of the, the meetings uh, at the conference in 2003. Then I ended up actually giving a training session at either the Toledo Midwest Conference or the Kansas City Midwest Conference, I can't remember. Uh, which one it was and then at that point that's when bonnie and lee kind of cornered me and said hey we want you to go for one of these membership director positions that we have uh, within midwest sqa so i threw my hat in the ring and uh, for whatever reason people voted for me to become a, a director in the midwest board of uh, directors so i was involved uh, in in that uh, with the chapter uh, for several years, not only as a, a membership director, but uh, also uh, involved in, in other committees that Midwest SQA had, had put together. And then I started getting involved in SQA committees in, in chapters in 2011. And that's actually when uh, Jen Aloisi and Michelle Holbrook essentially guilted me into running for a, a position on, on the CPR. Now, I just thought it was going to be a, a basic elected position. No, it turned out it was the chair elect position. So it turned into a three-year commitment, but it was a great experience. Uh, I, I really enjoyed all of my time uh, that I spent with the Council on Professional Registration, uh, so much so that they brought me back a few years later as uh, the member at large, and then Ironically enough, Michelle was going to be the, uh, the chair uh, and uh, guilted me into running as the chair elect again. For whatever reason, people voted me in again and, and uh, I was involved in, in CPR for a third time uh, up until last year and then became a, a, an elected member of the SQA Board of Directors uh, this year. Uh, but I'm, I'm still able to help out CPR as uh, the, uh, the board liaison. I was also uh, in between my times where I wasn't the CPR chair, chair elect, what, whatever the case may be. I was involved in GLP specialty section uh, since 2014, scientific archiving group uh, from 2016 uh, through, through now. Uh, I was the last presiding chair of the regulatory forum in its uh, past iteration. I actually oversaw the conversion from regulatory forum to the specialty section council. And I'm very happy that that council or that committee is still going strong uh, with, within SQA. And I'm, I'm very uh, thankful that uh, based on advice from Greg Furrow 
uh, who actually served as, he, he probably won't admit this, but he actually served as kind of a mentor to me uh, as far as succeeding in these leadership type positions within SQA. And, and he and I had several conversations because this was the time when regulatory reform was, um, for lack of a better term, it was failing uh, in, in its pursuit, uh, in, its, uh, in its goal. And he and I, Greg and I had several conversations on what we could do. And it got to the point where he finally just said, you know, you may need to disband. Uh, it may be time that regulatory reform has simply run its course. And he actually essentially gave me permission. There's that word again. Uh, but he gave me permission to seek that as an avenue and disband regulatory reform or what it actually turned out to be was a rebranding of regulatory reform into the specialty section council which uh, is, is uh, a number of years later uh, going very, very strongly. So let's see. Uh, so I was Midwest uh, SQA director uh, from 2006 to 2007. Uh, I was again on the Midwest SQA board of directors in 2011, 2012. I'm kind of wrapping everything up here for you. Uh, CPR chair uh, from uh, 2011 to 2013. So that's chair elect, chair past chair member at large uh, of the CPR 2017 to 2018. Uh, and then uh, again, uh, the, the uh, CPR chair like chair, past chair from 2019 to 2021 brings us to SQA board of directors uh, currently, uh, as far as my involvement and affiliation with uh, SQA. I met a lot of great people. Uh, we had a lot of great initiatives, a lot of great programs that we implemented I, it's so to me, it was a very rewarding experience being involved uh, in, in the chapters in, in SQA, in, in the committees. And I think that I, I don't want to say it, it's usually the same people that, that get involved in, in these things. But what I have been seeing over, over the past number of years is we do have a lot of, let's call it consistency in the names that you're seeing involved in these these committees but i'd like to see different people get in there and i'd like i'd like more exposure for other people to come in not saying i want someone to take my place because i still enjoy uh, being a member of these committees but we need new people uh, to come in and, and yes i'm that that's a plug for new people to come in and, and try to go for these positions but i think it's valuable and I think you can get good information uh, from that. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit when I ask you for um, some additional insight. But there's been a common theme that you've mentioned and very common theme with SQA as well, is you talked about that mentorship that other people got, gave to you and the guidance that they gave and the confidence that they helped you build throughout your QA career. And I do think that that's one of the, um, the most important things that we can share with our members as we kind of go through some of these other questions with you. You did say also that you, with the specialty section council evolving from the regulatory forum, I think that's a really important point for people to understand historically about SQA is that there is opportunity to involve and, and involve people in the, the future of SQA. So when we get to a little bit of advice for some new members, maybe we can, you can share some of your insight on that there too. So speaking kind of of sharing experiences, what are some of the other things that you can maybe share with our members favorite things that you've learned that have been influenced by your opportunities with SQA? Well, I don't really have uh, specifics that uh, I can 
think of off the top of my head, but more of a, a, a general feeling uh, that I get as far as my experiences. And, and this is going to sound really cliche and, and almost overused, but my best experiences are with the collaborations that I've had with fellow quality assurance professionals. I mentioned Greg Furr, I mentioned Bonnie Weiss, Lee Goff, just to, just to name a few. I, I had very good interactions with all of those, those people. Uh, I've uh, taught classes with Michelle Holbrook uh, several times over the past number of, of years. I've worked with Barb Munch. I've worked with Kathy Newland. I've worked with the basic GLP training group. You know, there's way too many people on that group to, to actually identify. Uh, I've worked with you, uh, Cheryl, on, on a few things. I, 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 I always enjoy my interactions with fellow quality assurance professionals. Uh, really, it, in, in that is, is twofold. You can engage in informational conversations and in intellectual conversations with your peers and where you may not agree on, on certain interpretations, you can have that philosophical discussion and, and you can do it in an environment where there's a, a certain level of comfort and, and know that people recognize you as, uh, as an expert uh, in the field. I've, I, I've gone from early on attending conferences and seeking out uh, the, the professionals to ask their advice to now sitting on the other side where people come up to me and say, hey, I, you know, I heard that you're the person to ask uh, for, for this. Uh, I, I want to get your feedback. And, you know, of, of course, you want to be professional about it and say, oh, yeah, sure. I'd, I'd be happy to sit down. But in the back of your mind, you think, why is this person coming up to me and asking me this question? What, what have I done uh, to, uh, to warrant this? And then as they ask the question, you start sharing that all of that information that you have uh, built up from your years of experience. And then it gets to the point where you're like, oh, yeah. I, I do know a thing or two uh, about this and I can impart uh, some knowledge or at least my interpretation of, of the knowledge. But um, it, it all goes back to, to the collaboration and in working with fellow quality assurance professionals, gaining that experience and, and gaining that respect from your fellow quality assurance professionals. That means more to me than, than really anything. Uh, the, the fact that my peers uh, seek me out in, in some cases and also make themselves available for me to seek them out uh, for, for any type, type of advice or just, you know, just a simple con uh, conversation. Hey, I saw this the other day. What do you think about that? Uh, just, just things like that. So again, I don't have specifics for you and I'm, I'm sorry about that, but um, they, the collaboration aspect of, of SQA is to me is a very big deal. I think that is actually an answer to the question is also part of another question I had for you about what keeps you involved in SQA. So I'm going to circle back a little bit to, you know, those experience questions that I just mm -hmm. asked. What about anything that you'd like to share that you brought professionally into your work that you may have been influenced by SQA? I know that you, you started off by explaining what your current role is in managing and hosting audits. Mm -hmm. So is there anything there that you'd like to share with the group as to, you know, SQA helps me be a better because I learned this or helped my skill set in this, and this is why I'm successful in this aspect now. Well, I think that there's so many different personalities within okay. uh, the, the professional makeup of SQA that it allows you to soak up 
so many different vantage points and so many different points of view with uh, with interpretations. I mean, let's face it, 21 CFR Part 58 hasn't changed since 1987, longer than some of the people who will be listening <laughs> to this have been alive. So the, the words on the page are the same. It's the interpretation of the words on the page that each and every one of us who have been working long enough in, in this industry know that's what changes every two, three, four years or whatever the case may be. The words haven't. They're still there. Uh, but somebody thinks of it one way. Another person says, no, I don't agree with that. I, I don't think that's what they're saying at all. I've had those conversations as well with many of my peers and many of the people in SQA where somebody feels very, very strongly one way and then another person uh, will say, no, I, I don't, I, I disagree with you on that. I don't believe that is the intent of the regulation. And then of course, everyone goes back to the preambles and then the question and answer document from 1981 and the management briefings. And they say, well, it says right here, this, 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 and this, and this. And then you're like, yeah, but this in part 58 says this, the, the guidance documents, the, the preambles, I mean, yes, that's precedent, but that's also not the rule. And I think it's important when we have these discussions is to, when we're, when we're looking at the rule, we ask ourselves, what does the regulation say? How does it read? Are you inserting language into the into the sentence or are you taking it at face value now sometimes obviously we know it's vague and abstract on a good day so you have to have something in place but that's you know that's where the companies can be can be different and that's where you can have those philosophical discussions and and that's where you can gain some knowledge really I, i've had several conversations where i've thought one way and i've been swayed by uh, somebody just coming up and saying, well, actually, if you think about it from this standpoint, and it switches, it completely changes your mindset. And then you get to the point where if you're mature enough, you can say, you know what? I agree with you on that. You have changed my mind. You have swayed my decision-making process uh, in, in this. I don't know if I answered your question. Mm -hmm. I, I tend to ramble uh, quite okay. a bit when I feel passionate about something, but uh, there we go. I would never guess that you're passionate about QA at all based on uh, how we're talking never. today. Um, I actually can envision a t-shirt or a mug that says, what does the regulation say? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great marketing point for you guys. Um, I, did think you, I do think you answered my question. Like I wanted to hear, you know, what have your experiences been working with your SQA colleagues and the mm -hmm. opportunities that you've had? And how does that actually shape your day-to-day your -day job? Like, does it make right. you a more successful, you know, audit host? And it sounds like that was... Um, it's been indefinite just understanding the interpretation and the conversations that you're able to have with your peers. Right. And, and, and to uh, expand on that just a little bit more, uh, being in the role with the, the client hosting, because mm -hmm. I get so many outside interactions, it that I believe makes me a well-rounded auditor because I'm not just seeing it from uh, the historic MPA research point of view or the Charles River point of view. I'm seeing it from the outside point of view, which allows me to look at the regulation from all sides and say, well, this is our interpretation. This is their interpretation. Where can we meet on that? So from that aspect, from that standpoint, the interactions that I have with fellow QA professionals has made me uh, a more well-rounded auditor with several different points of view that I can pull from. 
And I think that's one of the, like I mentioned earlier, the most value of this organization is we're able to have those conversations and that collaboration. You've used that word a few times already. And I, I think that's really key. So I think you've already partly answered this question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. What keeps you involved in SQA? Uh, for me, uh, it, 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 again, it's going to sound cliche, but collaboration, the networking with, with my peers, the fellow QA professionals, um, the respect that I have for the, uh, my colleagues, the, the people that are involved in SQA, the respect that other people have for me, uh, that, that they show me when I, when I attend uh, conferences, meetings, that sort of thing. I'm always, how do I, how do I put this? I still think of myself as the young punk kid that's just coming in uh, with very little experience, but very confident and very sure of who I am, what I can do, what I know, things like that. And uh, I, I've been doing this for 20 plus years, but I still see myself as the inexperienced person or the person without a, a lot of experience. So when, when people come up to me and ask me, hey, what do you think about X, Y, Z? That is, that's fun for me because then I can share knowledge that I have, experience that I have. Uh, I'm at the point of my career where now I feel uh, or I'm starting to feel that I have a responsibility to impart knowledge. I, I come from a teaching background. I, that's actually what I went to school for is, is to be a teacher. I was actually a high school teacher before I started working uh, in, in, in quality assurance. Uh, so I feel now that I need to pass the torch to uh, impart knowledge, to share what I, what I have. I mean, I'm, I'm not old, at least I don't think I am, uh, but I'm on the downward slope of my career. I have more years behind me than I have in front of me in, in this profession. Uh, so I, I, I feel internally that responsibility to, uh, to bring, bring along the, uh, the new crop of, of, of auditors. Okay. And I, I, just, I just hope that uh, people continue to see me as a valuable resource uh, and that the young punk kid that is now coming up to me for advice I, I, I see myself uh, in them and think, okay, when, when I was there, this is what I wanted. This is what I needed. And sometimes it's a swift kick in the pants uh, it, it, for, for lack of a better term. Interesting philosophy. I think in general, you know, you've touched on a few things in, in our conversation. Keep circling back to words. You say collaboration, which I've already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the mentoring and you're teaching passion comes through because I think there is a lot of that mentality within SQA. None of us really early on in our careers went to school to do this. We kind of became QA one day and having this organization to help you know drive our careers forward gives us an opportunity to use our strengths and having that passion for teaching and imparting knowledge, whether you think you have it or not, you do. And I think to have that perspective of, you know, how can I help the next person in line and how do, can we help this organization grow? And through your involvement on the board, I think you're going to have a lot of opportunity to, you know, have a voice in the strategy of SQA moving forward. And we appreciate you for that. And I think a lot of the things you've touched on today are, are going to bring some value experience into your uh, engagement with the membership moving forward. So stay involved. Um, mm -hmm. So my last question to you then is, 
So any advice for some new SQA members, somebody who's either new to industry or just heard about SQA, but it's been in industry for a while, what would you say to them about SQA? Where, where can they get involved? Why should they get involved? And what, do you, what advice can you give them to get started? So I, I've, I've mentioned working with Greg Furrow uh, a number of times uh, mm -hmm. through, throughout this conversation. And, and uh, he has this, this great saying, this great quote, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it before. But whenever anyone asked him if they should get involved uh, in, in SQA or if they could get involved in SQA, his response to them was, sure, but make a difference. And I think that's great advice for someone looking to get involved in SQA is, is to make that difference. Like, join a committee. Uh, go for elected position, learn as much as you can. I, I, I think that's excellent advice uh, for, for that group just, just starting out. Uh, challenge your own knowledge, uh, challenge your own uh, belief system as far as what you feel uh, about 21 CFR Part 58, Part 11, OECD, uh, EPA regulations, wh whatever the case may be, get out of your comfort zone. I, I think the, the only way that you will truly grow as a quality assurance professional is if you branch out, is if you start doing things that you're not 100% uh, comfortable with as far as professional development. I, I, I know people that um, are, are auditors and all they've done for 20 years is audit reports. Okay, cool. If, if that's what you want to do, great be the best report auditor that you can be. But if you want to learn and grow and, and get to new things, you have to branch out into areas where you're not as much of an expert. And, and that helped me out uh, early on uh, with, well, I wanna learn about surg surgery studies. I wanna learn about DART. I wanna learn about ADME. I wanna learn about analytical, CSV, uh, client hosting. I never once, when I started my QA career, never once thought about being a client host, uh, let alone knowing that that's where my career would take me for the, the better portion of, of my career. It just so happened that one day Matt Foster said, hey, we want you to start helping out to give tours. Uh, you, you know a lot about the facility. Uh, let's do that. Okay, cool. I guess I'll walk clients around and give tours. And that's what I did for two years is, is in addition to auditing, I, I helped Matt out with tours. And then finally, one day the FDA showed up and we had clients and he's like, okay, I need you to host this client. Thanks. And, and he just said, here you go, go do it. And talk about not being in your comfort zone that, I mean, that, but I, I succeeded at it and I found that, wow, okay, you know what? I can do this, and this this is this is my spot. This is my niche, yeah. And and I just continue to learn and grow, and 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 make that difference uh, with uh, with our clients. And to circle back to advice for for the new SQA members, it is just that: make that difference, be part of something. Uh, don't just don't just stand by and, and be the wallflower. Uh, take an active role. Uh, even if you don't think you can do it, you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish when you're thrown into the mix. When it's something that, hey, you know what? Job's got to get done. Uh, somebody's got to do it. Why not me? 
I, I know we're, we're probably running out of time here. But, we have a few uh, more minutes. That's great. Okay. Good. No, I think that's a really good philosophy that you just mentioned mm -hmm. too, because I think a lot of what people have benefited from SQA in general is the opportunity for that networking. So if you do have a question, you get thrown into something, you have resources that you can reach out to at all different levels of experience that can, that can help you with your situation. You've mentioned um, your boss at Charles River a couple of times, and also that comment that you just made about Greg, if, if he has an opportunity to get people involved, to have them make a difference. I've heard over the years, talking to a number of folks with some um, opportunities we've had at SQA, like, how did you get involved? And quite a lot of them have gotten involved because their management recommended it to them. So I think from that perspective, you know, we, I just asked you for advice for new SQA members. Is there any other additional advice you could potentially give to SQA managers or management uh, representatives of folks that are SQA members to help get their people involved, you know, helping identify those strengths or opportunities if there's, you know, a couple of sentences you can advise them as well based on what we just talked about. Well, I, I, I can uh, give, give some advice uh, in that regard, uh, but it's not going to be from a management perspective. That's it's okay. going to be uh, looking up at, at management. Sure. And I think the best thing for managers to do is to support their direct reports. If they want to get involved in SQA, give them those opportunities. Uh, and uh, themselves, uh, hopefully they're involved uh, in SQA, uh, but it, treat it like it's something important and not like it's something, well, do this so you can get your points, so you can re-register, so you can continue your RQAP, so you can put it on your letterhead, so it looks good when you email stuff out. No, do it to make a difference, but managers can support that can support you in that aspect. If you have an idea for a poster, your manager can support that. If you have an idea for a training topic, your manager can support that. Uh, if you want to be a mentor, if you want to serve on committees, uh, if, as long as your managers support that, that I think goes a long way to making people want to continue to be involved. Like if I didn't have management support uh, to be involved in, SQA and my committees and in board of directors, that sort of thing, I wouldn't do it. I, it it's one of those things where, hey, you know what, if my managers don't think it's important, I, I, I don't feel that support on, on this end, why would I invest the time if I'm not going to see anything on, on the backside of that? I'm not saying that's right, but that could be the mindset. If you don't have manager, manager support, you may not feel that it's okay to branch out and, and get involved in, in these professional areas. And I, I think that's a, that's a, if that sort of thing happens, it's a, a disservice uh, to you as, as a professional and, and to SQA. I think that's actually good advice for new SQA members too, to go back and highlight the case to their management on why it's important and valuable for them to continue their contributions, not just as an observer or content consumer, but actually to actively get involved in you know, the future of QA, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we need more people. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we need, <laughs> let's face it, we need younger people uh, because uh, those of us who are serving on these committees and serving on the board, and, and 
doing a, a, a great number of the training sessions, yeah, I've I've made this casual observation for years that it's it seems like it's always the same people. And I think I, I referenced this a little bit yeah. earlier. It, it seems like it's the same people uh, that are serving in these in roles and in, in doing these training sessions. And that's great. But what happens when we retire? If for, for most of us, that's coming up quicker than some of us would like to admit, but it, it is coming up uh, rather fast. So we need to be prepared for that subsequent generation to come through. The only way to do that is to get them involved. So whatever we can do as SQA, as the board of directors, as, as members of these committees to get the younger people involved. And I know I'm sounding like an old man and I'm sorry. Uh, next thing I'm gonna do is tell you to get off my lawn and, and get a haircut and a real job. But I, I really think that we need to take a more active participant role in getting new people uh, on board. It starts with managers, uh, but it also uh, starts with uh, the people already involved uh, in SQA in, in bringing up these, these younger people and showing them what a tremendous resource we really are. Well, I appreciate that perspective too. And I'm hoping people who get a chance to, to listen to this podcast Take that to heart too. So uh, Steve's always available for you to reach out and ask questions on, on how to how to incorporate and engage your yourself within the SQA community. So on that note, Steve, do you have any last closing remarks as we wrap this up? I uh, well, um, I always have closing remarks, <laughs> but uh, whether or not they're relevant is is uh, another thing. I, I really just want to say that I hope that membership continues to be strong. And I hope the younger auditors that are coming up and being trained, hope, I, firstly, I hope they're being trained the right way. And by that, I mean, I hope they're being trained to interpret the regulations, interpret SOP, to follow things and uh, really the, subscribe to our core tenet of inspecting the studies at intervals adequate to assure quality and integrity. And they're not just going in and saying, now I'm an auditor, gotcha. Uh, you find that thing. There's my find. Look at this finding that I had. That's not really what we should be focusing on as quality assurance professionals. I, th this job is very humbling, uh, but it's also very rewarding. Uh, there, there are times, many, many times early on in my career where I actually sat back and said, wow, is this really the thing for me? I can't, can I do this? Um, it turns out I just needed a nudge uh, from, from a mentor, from management support. It got me to where I am today. Uh, so new SQA people ask those questions, come back to making that difference, get involved, use us old folks as, as resources. I haven't met an old person yet that doesn't like to talk about all the things that they've seen and all the things that they know and picked up uh, over the course of their careers. I prefer the term seasoned veteran, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, let's so let's I, go with that. Seasoned veteran. We, we, okay. we can do that. Okay. But again, I think you, you really highlighted that last point for me, which is really, there's a lot of experience and expertise available with an SQA. And we hope mm -hmm. that everyone has a chance to engage with that. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed our conversation, Steve. I, on a personal note, I really look forward to uh, working with you on the board over the next couple of years to continue your passion and making a difference with an SQA. 
I hope everyone has a chance to meet Steve at some point in their career. I'm sure he'd be more than happy to share some of his time and share his stories, as he said. And I do appreciate all of your, uh, your time this morning for, for this conversation. All right. Thanks, Cheryl. I appreciate being involved uh, in SQA as well. I look forward to working with you uh, on the board and, and on any other projects uh, that we may have coming down the pike here uh, at, uh, at any time. Uh, so thank you for allowing me the opportunity to, uh, to, to speak to the masses. Great. And on behalf of the Communication History Committee, that concludes our podcast today. Um, hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you the next one. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.